I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Music Nomad, our favorite guitar maintenance tool manufacturing masters. You should check them out on musicnomadcare.com or on social media with at musicnomadcare. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello. Oh, that was high. And JD Short. Hello. And that was low. Yes, welcome. Welcome back, dear listener. I've got JD and Naomi back this week as promised. I think a Spoke about that on the Patreon, absolutely. Uh, actually, so, so sorry, dear listener, if you weren't aware of that. But yes, we're Surprise. back. Yeah, we're, we're back for the first time. Um, well, I think we did maybe an episode after the Bronkoff, but it's certainly been a few yes. weeks, so it's lovely to have the two of you back on an episode. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good to be back. <sighs> yes, indeed. And yeah, we've got like a whole bunch to talk about. We don't know if we, we we're not sure. We we said in the Facebook group, dear listener. If you're not on the Facebook group, the Guitarist group on Facebook, do go there and join. We had a really good question from Carl Harris, which we thought we might do as part of the episode. But we're going to see. We've got other things to talk about. We might do it in the Patreon. We're going to see see what uh, what occurs. But um, but first of all, do, do you know what? This is the first thing I wanted to talk about this week. And I think I, I spoke about this last week. Um I, I actually think I've spoken about it a couple of times, but I wanted to talk to you guys about it as my fellow uh, bass aficionados. Um, I got a fuzzrocious little fella. I actually did, I did yeah. speak about this last week, but JD, I got a, a way huge pork loin after oh, your yeah. recommendation for the pork and pickle, which, yeah. of course, the, the pork and pickle is the pork loin, which is the overdrive, and the fuzz, which is... what's What's the pickle? Is that the fat sandwich? It's the Russian pickle, I think. Oh, the Russian uh, pickle. That's what yeah. it is. Yes, of course. Of course, that's what it is. So that is, the pork and pickle is both of those, a drive and a fuzz in one. And it's a very effective base, the drive or fuzz, because it's got that clean blend, um, which that's, that's what you, you recommended to me. You pointed that out to me. And of course, the pork, the pork loin has the same thing the uh, has the has the clean blend as well which is very very useful yeah i th- i think they're really well the the pork and pickle i just i think it's just, just such a versatile pedal 
And it's one of the things like I really like both the overdrive and the fuzz on bass uh-huh. and, and they, just by themselves. And the fact that you have, well, I'm not sure if this one, but, uh, but on the pork and pickle, you have the clean blend and then you have the clean tone. So you can sort of, you could roll back your clean tone oh, to give it a cool. bit, a bit more so that it doesn't get as clanky as, as sometimes you can kind of get like that the trebles poking through a bit. You can sort of just round out the bottom end a bit. So it just, it really, it really works across loads of different sources. So if, you know, if I'm playing a, like different kinds of basses and stuff, I think it's one of my, yeah, it's, I mean, it's technically my, my go-to at the moment that I'm, that I'm going to be using for the next little bit. So. It's, it's on your board, is it? It's made yeah. it onto your board. Yeah, it made it onto my, my board for the, <clears throat> for the trip to the, uh, to the U.S. for all the Delta Lauda stuff, like shows we're doing, uh, at the end of May. So I got a, if we want to talk about this. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got let's, a, let's segue. Yeah, I got a, uh, so thank you, Joe, for the pedal train. Um, that was the the small for us, but probably medium pedal train. What, what was it? Was it? Was it's it's a, a Novo 32 or Novo 24? I think it was the 24, maybe. Yeah. Because I, I have I have one of the, whatever the largest of the old pedal train boards was, I have one of those as well. So, I mean, when, when I've put all my boards together, it's going to be great. Um you know, for bass players that have multiple boards, uh, but but I ended up getting a pedal train like the the Nano just because I wanted. Um, well, Matt, the guitar player, has one of those, and I wanted something that I felt I could easily fly with, and it fits in my mono tick anyway. So ah, it's you know, good. and so I was like, nice. oh, I'll just I'll put it in that. I have a case for it, you know, like a, a sturdy case for it because I'm like flying to the U.S. Obviously, uh, not already on a boat. And, um, so I'm just going to take that and I, and I was, which is extremely hard for me because I use very <laughs> few effects in Beltalauda, but there are some I definitely wanted to have. And was, so did, did you get the nano or the nano plus? Cause I uh, find the, that just, that, just the nano, just the because nano. that's wow. the one that fits in. That's the one uh, that fits in the tick in the tick. With, yeah. How many, how many pedals can you get on a, so I have four. Yeah. Moment, I think it's like four, four sort of. Boss width is maybe like a fair yeah, guess of what you can fit on the nano. It's boss so boss small. width and hopefully uh, top like input output jacked. Right. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So so what I have um, with it. So I, I'm j- just going. Uh, I have octave. I have uh, well the pork and pickle. So fuzz overdrive depending on what I need. And uh, I'm taking a I'm taking my phaser, even though I don't ever use it. I did do a little bit of coursing, but I I don't have any course pedals at the moment that I kind of want to take. And this is the other thing is is with all the travel nightmare that's happening. I'm kind of wanting to take stuff that I definitely really like, but isn't anything that's irreplaceable or really right. hard to source again. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I have is. Uh, is I have a looper, which I don't use for anything except for uh, we have a on one of the tracks. There's a there's a vocalist, so we're basically playing a track along to a poem. I see. And so I've loaded that on as a file on the looper. So I'm just using the looper to trigger to trigger that voice bit. So, so what is the looper? Is it is it boss? Is it? It's a no. it's the boss RC three. Ah, so does that have two out, so you can run that to front of house, or is it that just coming out of your uh, bass out? I'm running, I'm running that completely separate, so I'm going to run that into, oh, in, right. just into a DI, um, straight to house, and then so, 
So the board basically goes into my octave, which is the I'm going to use the KMA uh, Queequeg. Uh, the first Queequeg. The, the, the first one, yeah, because I, I got it just before I saw that there was a V2, uh, <laughs> like literally two days before. Um, and I want, and I went with that because I want, I wanted something a bit different than the my EBS Octabase that I adore, which is my old one, which is where the ins and outs were reversed in a sense. So the in is on the left and the outs on the right, which oh, makes it like really an hard old to... harmonic percolator. That yeah, that's, that's terrible. Yeah, no, and it's and it, and they're also on the side, so it just makes it really hard to be like. Ugh. So I've always played it like like rotated ninety degrees, right? Like on my boards, but. It just it doesn't fit on the nano, no, so I was like, ooh, what to do? And then I have a couple, I have a... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I have a Mutron uh, Octa Divider clone and also the real like old Mutron, which I'm clearly not taking because it's bigger than the Nano yeah. itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I just, I went with the Queequeg because I was, I was kind of looking at, I really looked at some of the, like an OC5 or, you know, I was going to, I was also looking at old OC2s, like mid eighties and, you know, like. They don't go but, for that much money. I don't no. know why they don't go for more. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I think it's probably because they kind of top out and it, and like for me, I really love old pedals. Like I have, like one of my favorite ones is the the CS2 like sustainer that I have that's that's yeah. old and you know looks like it's been at the bottom of the sea for ages but <laughs> it's fine it's just I'm a, I'm not taking a I'm not putting I I ended up not using a compressor on my board cuz my head has a compressor I like built in and and I was just yeah so I, I was just kind of going for something a little bit different than just buying which I almost did was get like a version of the EBS that's just slightly newer that has, you know, the inputs swapped yeah, around. Yeah, n- nice um, to use it as an opportunity to actually get something different, I guess, yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and, you know, and really we had, like, because we had talked about KMA and, you know, like the worm and, and everything else, I was like, oh, I kind of wanted some of their stuff. I saw they had this and I was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds dope. I'll just try that. And I really, I really liked the, 
it's a really good synthy sub uh sub octave which i usually don't like the synthy sub octave sound i like a sort of rounder clearer sign you know not digital sounding Mm, but mm -hmm. you know just still really like smooth and i this is very analog sounding yeah i I really i really like it it's you know i mean do i wish i had the v2 yes um but (laughs) i really i really like this the the simple like blend knob which you know frankly is really all i needed and yeah i found some good tones on it it's cool i i like it and then yeah, so it's basically just Queequeg into the pork and pickle. The phaser I'm using is um, I have a Mutron Phaser Three, which is one of the new, the newer versions of the like that Mut- since Mutron like spun up as a company again, like you know in the last decade or so. Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The music production suite 4.1 and Complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Like I have one of their phasers that I picked up a couple years ago when they were... I think oh, were oh it's, it's, I know that it's in a normal, like, standard yeah. pedal housing, top-mounted jacks. Yeah, but it, it, sounds, it sounds really good. It sounds like... A lot of the, I mean, it sounds pretty close to like an actual the, the old seventies like mains powered ones. So, oh, cool! Yeah, so well, it's it's really good. It, it's I think you'd really like it too because it's it's it can do. I mean, it can do really weird like phasery sounds, but it's also just a really really good sounding phaser. That and, that is is I mean, it's on our list of things to talk about today. I'm looking for a new phaser because I, I redid my board and it's it's all lovely. And I've got like a, uh, I've got a, a, a new compressor with top mounted jacks, and I've got the Queequeg oh. two top mounted jacks. Then I've got the drive the little oh, wait, fella the that was going to. Oh, I didn't realize it was top mounted. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, someone someone might be on reverb later. <laughs> 
then I've got the little the 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 little fellow, the fuzz and his top manager. So they're all it's, they're all so neat. And then I've got like neat. my MXR Phase ninety, and I'm, and it's it, yeah. I'm like ah, oh, you're making this whole thing not neat. So I've, yeah. I've, I was trying to think, and also all the other ones are like fun, cool, interesting boutique pedals. And then I've got a Phase ninety, and I know it's because. They're just the ultimate slow phaser, but I would like something fun and different. This the Mutron Phaser Three. Maybe that, maybe that is an option. I mean, the thing is, like, it's it's a really really good phaser, and I, I, and the thing is, like, it's the kind of phaser you can put on anything. You know, like it's it's the sound you it's the sound of the seventies. You right. know, like Perfect. I mean, that's the biphase, but like it's yeah, it's. It's really good. It's got CV control if you want to do it. You know, it's the kind of stuff that you can easily pair with synth stuff if you're doing it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an excellent phaser. Like I have, um, yeah, I kind of, basically I wanted something. I have, uh, there's one song, one bass on it's kind of, kind of Joy Division-y, you know, just, you know, kind of vibes. And so I wanted, you know, chorus or or some sort of modulation on it just to give it something and so yeah so i was i was really looking through like what chorus options i had and some other stuff and then you know yeah i just i was like i have this mutron phaser why don't why don't i use this like i i love it and to be fair i do feel a bit of pressure uh making sure i have a cool board um, because I, you know, like if if this were just me, normally I'd be like, oh, I don't care. This, you know, it's a tube screamer and whatever. Um, but it's like, no, I I need to have cool things. But I also don't want to take my. There's only one of these in the world, or you see these once every three years, kind of things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you and you definitely have a good taste. I I think JD for for that um that echelon of gear <laughs> like one visit to your place when we recorded the Bronkoff was uh was enough to see several several ones of of uh gear that i'd not seen irl before hmm. well thank you uh, hmm. you flatter me <laughs> <laughs> okay so we've got the so there's the the looper the mutron phaser free the phaser three the kma quick and the what was oh and of course the the pork, pork and, and pickle. pickle that's taken yeah. so what are you using to power it what what power supply have you gone for, for oh that? the power supply i have the uh, mission engineering 529 which is the super tiny super tiny one that's usb um so it it's just powered off of you know basically a, a usb a to b cable um that i'll power from the mains but, ah, that's you know, very handy. It's it's I I got it just as like a quick little like extra board if I just want or just an extra power supply if I want to have a couple pedals. It's small enough that I can mount it underneath the nano, um, and it doesn't like there's there's still you know a, a few millimeters before you hit the you hit the, you hit the ground. So it's yeah, it's it's really cool, excellent. It's was it it's four. Um, the all they're isolated outputs, which is important for one of the other pedals I have, like the that Chandler drive that I have. It requires two separate nine volt isolated power supplies to function. Right. Oh wow! Um, okay. So it's but the the power supplies it's five total, five total out, which is fine because I have four, um, mm-hmm. four hundred and fifty milliamps and one five hundred uh, milliamp draw for. Um, yeah, for all isolated outs, and it's 
pretty great. Like yeah. they make another one that I keep almost getting that is a that's a rechargeable one as well. So you could technically not even um, not even have it with you know needing your your pedal board could potentially be fully wireless if you pedal pedal to. train did one like that called the oh, volto yeah. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which oh, yeah. i got i got and i was like I, I i took it to my first band practice i tell you what it is really handy is for just being around like the the house and being like oh i've been, just been sent this pedal just grab the pedal train uh volto it's, it's very handy for just that powering on the fly but yeah. I, I brought it to a band practice and I was like, guys, check on my board that I don't need to plug in on the wall. And then, <laughs> you know, two hours into a three-hour rehearsal, it ran out of juice. But, of course, yeah. you can't just plug it into the wall then and then get power back. You have to charge it up without it oh. supplying power to it, everything. So I literally was left – I was like, well, I have no board now for the rest of this <laughs> rehearsal. So so there's uh, – it's a great idea, provided you are prepared and know how long it's going to last. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, know. I, I, I can't remember where I came across this, 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 just the five two nine. But it's, it's such a, it's such a good tiny power supply. I've yeah. really, it's been the one I've taken with me for the last few years. Like it's on, it's you know, I just, I'd fly with it if I was taking, you know, like one or two pedals that didn't need like mains power. And mm. yeah, it's totally, totally serves me well. Or if, you know, you're going to a, a rehearsal and you're not sure what you want, or you're just taking a couple pedals, you know, just to, to see what's there, then yeah, it's, it's excellent. That being said, I am always in the, the market for whatever the best power supply is because <laughs> I shockingly love them. So yeah, how very Jay Cross. Is that you. a pun? Yeah. No, no, I mean, I really, I, I will look, I will just, uh, more than I want to admit, even though I'm admitting it now publicly, uh, more than I want to admit really like going through specs of power supplies and like, you know, like how steady currents. Do I think it would win gear of the year? I think that that's still a point of contention, but. Mm. Well, the I mean, I mean, the, on my Pedal Train Nano Plus, I used the MXR Mini ISO brick, yeah. which which years ago when it came out, I think Jay Cross did really try and push for it to win Gear of the Year, which is very good for three hundred milliamp nine volt mm. ins, which is which is excellent. It means that you know, realistically, you could daisy chain off of all of them and potentially use the the Mini ISO brick to run. You know, something like a twelve fifteen pedal board, provided yeah. they're all sort of you know nine nine volt and not too high a draw. But it's an incredibly small power supply to provide quite as much juice as it does. So it's, it's also very good. Slightly slightly higher powered than your one than the machine uh, Mission Control, who's a brand I have not come across. Uh, yeah, Mission Engineering. Mission Engineering. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, everything I'm using at the moment is the Chox. Um, what do I use? The the four. The four. Yeah. yeah. The the Chox stuff is. I've been really. I think that's what I'm going to get when I build my proper, my proper board with my first choice picks of everything. Uh huh. You know, of of mm-hmm. like my extremely boutiquey. Well, not extremely boutiquey, but fairly boutique distortions and things and like stuff i was like this is my this is my main board that i'll take to i don't know 
the lounge uh, <laughs> to play. <laughs> but, but yeah, but yeah, like that. Um, they're they're very good just because they all do nine, twelve, fifteen, and eighteen volts, and all you've got to do is you know flick a little dip switch to to get that yeah. rating. Yeah, so yeah, good. they seem super versatile. And aren't are chocks ones that are all like really physically quite thin line as well? Yeah, they're I all yeah they're all very thin, and they've yeah. they've done something. A, a little different in that they've gone for RCA adapters for the... That's it, yeah. Um, uh, d- just to make everything... They feel more robust and secure, less less mm. likely for things to fall out or anything. And they also... They they tell you if things are being overpowered as well, which is quite good, uh-huh. with their light system, which is excellent, you know, so you don't That's have cool. to sort of... Almost like a sort of test. traffic light system, LED type thing. Uh, I think it just... I think it just goes red if it's being overpowered, like the, the little LED... Oh sure, that's, but, that's, you know, that's what I meant. Yeah, but but yeah, it's yeah, yes, in that case. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's 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 just very useful. It's definitely the mm. best kind of design. I feel like they've thought about everything about how a power supply is going to be used on a board, um, and also with uh, not with the four, but with most of the others, you get a big proper kettle lead powering it, which I feel a bit better about rather than having you know the external transformer bit and some flimsy cable that could just yeah. get caught on something i'm i'm very into that that's always stressed me out having it just almost doesn't feel like a, a whole complete unit if you don't have an iec and i know probably people who are way more in the know about electrics than i jd looking at you mm-hmm. are <laughs> are you know reasoning uh, more articulately about it but yeah like i i still use the more is it the macro eight do you know the mega basic, um, very functional, utilitarian, uh, like eight, eight out multi-power supply that they do? The time has come on this week's podcast to hear some gear. So let's check out some of the complete guitar amplification and effect solutions available from Neural DSP and their plugins. We've teamed up with Neural DSP a bunch over the last year or two. Matt and I are big fans of what they do and we'd like you to become part of that. So use discount code GUITARNERDS at NeuralDSP.com for 30% off, a whopping 30% off any of their plugins. Worth noting, you get a 14-day free trial with any of their plugins with no credit card required. So if you just want to see what all the fuss is about, you've got a whole two weeks on them. Uh, with any of their amps and effects. Now, this week, I'm checking out the Pliny plugin suite. Pliny is one of the most innovative and refreshing electric guitarists of our generation. His distinct sound combines an unusually wide variety of styles, progressive, fusion, and metal, all with impressive fluency and elegance. Neural DSP uh, designed these plug-in amps a bit differently for Pliny. They engineered his dream amps and effects from the ground up to perfectly cover the vast dynamic uh, tonal range that his music requires. These amp designs were then obsessively modelled with extreme accuracy. The result is three refreshingly new amplifiers, a crystal clear clean, a tight and articulate rhythm amp, and a powerful and defined lead amp. Virtual amplifiers that are not only unique but can also excel in their styles. Here's a track I built using only presets. Presets from the Pliny suite and a bit of synth in there and drums. Perfect for elegant soundscape tones, super cleans, and some great 80s lead tones too.
this week from Neural DSP. Check it out on neuraldsp.com and use discount code GUITARNERDS at the checkout for 30% off any of their amp and effects plugins. Oh, yes, yes, I know the one you mean. Well, I know it because I just looked it up, and that has a proper kettle lead output. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, it's it's a super basic version of the of the kind of nicer, fancier... Um, power supplies that we know and love but it's it's uh the same in that each each output is switchable and um and it's it's diverse it's just very bricky and heavy <laughs> yeah <laughs> the the more unglamorous cheaper end i would say but yeah works a charm yeah yeah that's the point okay so so we've got so there's the board the pedals power supply so what else are you going to take to the states are you are you hiring amplification over there no i i uh I was supposed to feel like a big boy. I have a U.S. rig um, now, oh, yeah. uh, so uh, which is made up of Eden and Ashdown. Wow, uh, oh, very okay. nice. So, great choice, JD. Yeah, great. great <laughs> so choice. I have um, a basically early mid '90s era WT300 Eden head. One to go with, which is one that I'm very familiar with and have mm-hmm. used that or similar for. Um, since that time was the actual actual time on calendars <laughs> and uh and then i ended up um mostly it's just because of well one is because i sold all my eden stuff when i moved to the uk um and also i don't want to ship anything uh between them because that already cost a fortune once uh was uh, so i ended up getting an ashdown cab just mostly out of what what was available and what was easy to sort of source um but it and that i would be happy with and like but i ended up going with the one of the mag um 414 t's oh, which right. is okay. the so that's the a, four, a four ohm 410 right yeah yeah four ohm four, 410 which i wanted because i was like i'm just going to go with the single cabinet um because we're um matt's playing the guitar players playing through like a yeah, like a single 12 or 212 uh, guitar combo. So we're not really, we're not doing like full stacks kind of stuff. So I was like, right. I just want a single cab, but I also want to make sure that I can be loud enough and get the most out of my amp. There aren't a lot of four ohm cabinets out there um, that I was sort of happy with, you know, and then it just sort of seemed like, oh, there's, there's this, there's a 410 that's four ohm that really ticks a lot of boxes for me and you know i like them and you know will will sound good with you know i and, and i just sort of know what i'm going with and everything so yeah i think it's pretty a pretty sweet you know rig for a a punkier band sweet and and you get a compressor on the head so you've got that dealt with yeah yeah so the thing is i i don't really use it but it's kind of there if i if i need it I really was wanting to put a compressor on on my board because it was, you know, I was, well, I have a few that I really like. And, you know, there's the the CS2, which is much more of an effect compressor than like an always on. Yeah. Um, But the JHS Pulp and Peel V4 is such a good always on compressor that I was, I really did it. But then I was... I was like, well, there's there's one built into the amp, which if I need it, I can have it. It's very transparent. I know it inside out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be more of an issue. Uh, and it keeps me from, you know, just getting, you know, one of the base rigs from Origin Effects or something 
just yeah. because I want to. Um, or the Cali 76, which was something I almost got as well, just to try. Um, yeah, so it, it's really, really just that. Um, yeah, nothing, yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing too fancy. Like most of my, I think I was thinking about it, it's like most of my belts allowed a tone is there's, there's almost always some distortion on the signal. Um, but my, you know, my chain for recording was eaten into um, a red DI plugin uh, to so, give me. So you just yeah. need the Eden to be clean, really. And then you're yeah. getting a lot yeah. of what you're doing from the way huge. Yeah. Yeah. I want the uh, we Eden to give me good, good, solid tone throughout to sound right. And then everything else I can do. It's just a little bit of little bit of grit if I if I want or need it, or I could just go pretty straight because I haven't fully decided if I'm going to try to take one of my stone fields or um, what I think I'll probably end up doing again, just because there's a bit of nightmare with all the travel stuff that seems to be happening now is that um, I might just end up um, using not a bad backup to have, mind you. Uh, Matt has a, a '70s Ripper. Um, that's, oh, oh yeah. very that's, that's, all, that's not that's, that's not a, yeah yeah not bad at all. Yeah, that's all black and you know, sort of like road worn and everything. So I was like, well, you know, I mean, I I kind of don't mind. Um, that's if, a perfect punk rock bass, really. The Ripper, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely, I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of if I were going to do it, it's probably yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's it is, and it's I'm pretty stoked to to have that. So it's it's a bit it's a bit different than most than my normal sort of setup, but it also feels like it it works pretty well. And is is this this grand mix of things that are excellent? I think, you know, like pedals yeah. and amps and cabs are, and the bass are all excellent, but maybe not the exact thing that I would normally have, you know, or the exact one. If I was like, what, what is my ideal? Let me sit down and pick, you know, like a hundred percent, but it's like, yeah, it's like this weird amalgam of everything that's great. It's like when I used to, you know, have my GA Joe guys and you take the screw out of the back and you like make a weird like Frankenstein's monster uh, of other GI Joe guys. It's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I see. The uh, with the the Ripper, the Gibson Rippers, I feel I feel like for years they were um this hidden gem in the Gibson yeah. lineup, but also in like vintage gear. I'm of course I'm a sucker for, you know, like well-priced vintage gear and the ripper and the grabber they always seem to fit into that it was like here is a 70s instrument made by one of the two biggest companies in the world for for guitars and basses and you can pick it up for sub two thousand pounds they were always go yeah. for like 1500 1800 1600 stuff like that now they have they have uh, they have ascended now, if you can find one for like twenty two hundred quid, that's a very good deal. I did see one on Facebook for like eighteen last yeah, week for a black one. I think but... I probably saw that one too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but it seems to be like they'll be there for three. They'll be there for three, two, two, eight, two, five. Like they've, they, I mean, everything's obviously getting more expensive. I do appreciate that, but um, but yeah, they're definitely they are properly priced now, which is a shame. I feel like I've missed the opportunity to get a deal on a on a ripper or a grabber. 
Guitar Nerds are sponsored by Reverend Guitars, and we're pretty happy about that. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that we've been big fans of Reverend for years now, and we're continually impressed by the constant stream of new guitars and basses they bring to the table. The things that stand out to me is their signature range. Reverend have a roster of really interesting top-notch players who all seem to bring something completely unique to their signature model. None more so than the legend Greg Cock, now on his second guitar, the Gristle 90, following the Gristle Master. The Gristle 90 is a beautiful, tasteful blend of a classic T-style guitar with Firebird-esque aesthetic and a pair of wildly articulate P90s courtesy of Fishman and their Fluence series of pickups. It's a first versatile modern instrument with gorgeous alternate dimension classic looks, great colour options and quality buildsmanship. Check it out and the entire range at reverendguitars.com. Yeah, I, I feel the same with like there's there's a few other different bases and bases I sort of feel like now where I just I have like s- some value in my head that is like if I could find it for less than this that's a good deal. And and now the the other thing is like it's something that if I if I would have paid some amount four years ago five years ago it would be much less than today mm. and that's sort of the the guilt of not actually just being brave enough to buy the thing I really wanted at the time um, or I guess that's probably adulthood or whatever uh, <laughs> but it was but but not doing that now and and sort of saying it's like ooh do I pay or do I pay the same amount but in pounds for a thing and it's like ooh I don't know you know and and then what's going to happen is it's going to be another 5 years before I I come back around to be like well they're how much now so yeah yeah to yes to take advantage of things while you can um, yeah. Although you know, on on the upside, someone in the group on Facebook um, shared recently a very lovely, uh, you know, sort of nicotine yellow uh, Fender uh, uh, mid seventies Fender Music Master bass, which of course I'm like, oh yeah, I saw, that. I saw that, yeah. yeah. I was mm. like, yeah, this is this is excellent. But yeah, and I, I mentioned in the comments, so I'm, I'm like, I, I am actually, I'm going to sell my my black. Uh, music master uh, bass time the time has come um i feel i wanted to keep holding on to it because you know they go for so much money now they're yeah. like you Do see they? them going have for, they gone up well you see them amount. for like 1300 quid in some but, but you know you see them oh for 1300 <laughs> quid on like places like bass gallery where everything's right. always like the price of the instrument plus 200 pounds you know sure yeah but, i feel like it's not that long ago that they were Almost half that. Well, and yeah, I guess so. You you see them for like nine hundred pound. Like you might see one for nine hundred quid, but it would be mm. on eBay being listed by an old fella who doesn't really know what's going on, and it's probably spelt Mazuic Master. Yeah. You know, it's like that. You see it for nine hundred quid then, but if people know what they're selling, they're eleven hundred quid. They're twelve hundred quid. They're thirteen hundred. You know, so. It has changed. I paid four hundred for mine. Oh, I'm, um, that's ace! I, I, I really have, like yours. Yours is the one with the um, almost like a tire mark going through it, isn't it? Like very, very <laughs> yeah, lived in. So weird. Yeah, it it looks like someone's r- r- ridden over it with a bicycle, 
and the tire has taken up the taken off the finish and then they've it's so they've colored it back in with like um <laughs> like nail varnish because it's there's all drip marks oh, oh yeah like yeah. where the paint is oh, yeah. it's so weird it's like it's like the the forefather that inspired the mikey way somehow <laughs> <laughs> i I, th- I think what it is is it, it was someone wrapped it in gaffer i think and when the person oh. took the gaffer off because mm. because the lines on it look very much like something was wrapped around it so i think there was right, some gaffer okay. wrapped on it and when they took it off they took the finish off and they painted it back in by hand it's, it's very weird and and of course you know when i bought it for 400 quid and it turned up in a bin bag um so i was oh i was lucky gosh. it was still i was lucky it was still kind of in one piece the the tuners aren't amazing you know they're they're really like it's you've got to put put a lot of effort into getting that 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 low e to 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 move but you know it's it's kind of there and i put um whilst i kept the original i put one of the mcnelly um uh, sort of bronco replacement pickups in there that's supplied by james's home of tone i also got their lovely harness that they supply with that with all the orange drop capacitors and and whatnot to make it to make it sound great because of course those old those old music masters they really sound naff it's an old strap pickup you know it's it's they're, they're not good um but yeah, those upgrades made it sound really good. I got a new plate cut from Fidelity Guitars with with lovely sort of like light relicking to it. Just you know, just a little bit of wear into it so that it suits the body and lovely beveling around the edges to emphasise the sort of the three ply plate. So it's it's really good. And the McNally makes it sound like a proper bass. It's very good, but I'm not really using it for anything. They're going for a fair chunk of money. And I keep seeing stuff that I want to get, and I'm like, yeah. "What? Why am I sitting on a twelve hundred pound guitar that I don't play? Like, it doesn't it doesn't make yeah. sense for me to keep hold of it. I love the look of it. I'm never going to use it outside of this this room that I'm in at the moment. So, which which kind of leads me onto, and I don't think I maybe didn't give you guys this link. So, uh, I'll I'll pop this in the old Facebook chat we've got going on, guys, so you can open cool. it real time on the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Which leads me on. Oh. <laughs> bear with oh, me, bear yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dear listener, so t- t- this f- tomorrow at uh, at two forty one and fifty two seconds British t- t- time, British summer time, time. Which uh, is when we'll release the podcast now. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, actually, it is. Yeah, that's when this this finishes. So this is a. So what what, what we have here is uh, uh, last week. JD and Naomi, listener, dear listener, you know, last week Matt Knight live bid on a on an effects pedal, um, hoping to mm. to to get it, and uh, and he did not, because um, it went for like five hundred quid or whatever. But uh, so yes, so I'm, I'm I'm not quite doing the same. Cause it doesn't finish till tomorrow, but nonetheless, in seventeen hours and thirty two minutes, as as of when we're <laughs> recording this, this Rickenbacker four double o three in jet glow, the only finish you should ever buy, a Rickenbacker in Looks great. Doesn't have the pickup cover, which is annoying. But I can buy mm. those. I can buy yeah. those. Mm-hmm. I know pe- people take them off to make them more playable. But you know, it's. I'm not sure if you want something to be playable. Then a Rickenbacker is probably not the base you should be going for. These things are going to be an effort. You know, and that's that's the charm of a Rickenbacker. Anyway, this is collection only in Brighton. 
Hello and welcome back to One Hot Minute, the segment where each week I take a minute of your podcast listing time to demo a piece of gear that I'm excited about. This week I'm checking out the brand new Queequeg 2 Subgenerator Octave Pedal from KMA Audio Machines. The Queequeg 2 is a wonderfully innovative, um, which I think is tricky to do for an analog octave pedal. I love the way the controls work. Just one simple great big mix knob bang in the middle of the pedal. All you have to do is decide how much of the octave signal you want to blend with your clean tone so it's great for just adding a touch of thickening beneath your sound or diming it and turning your bass or guitar into a full-on synth the only other control is a switch that pops you between one octave down two octaves down or a blend of both they've gone into extra detail and made the led change colors depending on what setting you're on which is excellent for a gigging situation now in this sound clip i'm using the octaver on a short scale bass with the mix set just under halfway so it's perfect for a mellow synthy bass tone that keeps all the organicness of my clean signal and just the right amount of dubby synthiness Loads of fun and a proper old school tones in an easy to use format. Now, back to the podcast. Starting bid, 1500 quid, no bids, 17 hours to go. Just round the corner from me. One bid. No. Is there a bid? No. (laughs) No. I I was just going to say, why are you broadcasting this? (laughs) Shut up. Damn it. Damn it. But yeah, no, so, th- this yeah. is a find. Yeah, my this is a find because they go for what are they now like twenty three hundred quid to buy new something like that? Yeah, it's, it's a chunk. It's a chunk. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't say what year it is. I guess I can tell from the. They have a picture of the plate. Yeah. Oh, it's worn off. That's a good. Yeah, sign. it's it's worn off. It looks it looks like it's it's done a few rounds. It's twenty ten. Is I it? Think. Yeah, the I mean it's the it's the current case, so it can't be that old. The the hard yeah. case that's pictured, but you know, I always what well, I said this to you the other day, JD. I think when I was talking about it, I, I always think about getting a Rickenbacker. The problem for me is I worked in a shop when Rickenbackers were seventeen four nine mm. new, and so for me, even though I appreciate the prices change and the things get more expensive, but that is ingrained in me as. That's what a Rickenbacker is worth. 
1800 quid. That's how much I think of it. So the fact that they're now like 22, 2300 quid for a new one, I'm like, there's a lot more money for the same guitar. You know, and I just, uh, I, as soon as you're over that two grand thing, I'm like, we're getting on for custom shop pricing here. I know not Fender custom shop starts at three now. I appreciate everything's more expensive, but I guess mm. it's just me being old and still having that old idea <laughs> of, of, of what pricing should be. And I, it just feels like 2,300 quid is more than this should be, than this particular product, this standard line US built guitar should be yeah. so and then you know the second hand market try and find one for less than two you know i was looking at one on bass brothers um for for like 1900 quid and flipping guy pratt bought it i, I didn't know that at the time until he i turned up to interview him a couple of weeks later and he had his his new black bass. He was like, oh yeah i got it off for of bass brothers they gave me 100 quid off because i'm guy pratt <laughs> I mean, that doesn't That's make me feel so great good. about asking for a deal. Then, doesn't? <laughs> yeah. But. Oh, I mean, this. The other thing that I really like about this Rickenbacker is it's like some of the wear it has is really good, proper wear. Uh-huh. You know, like you see chips and stuff where you expect to see chips. Yeah, yeah. you talk about this sort of age-old, like, Fender custom shops where, you know, the backs of the necks are worn down, which is not something that happens, <laughs> you know, on, on yeah. vintage gear. Like, uh, yeah, I, oh, I think, I mean, this is this is an excellent shout, really. This is, yeah, if it, I mean, if it stays this price, I think this is completely reasonable. But I, I also agree with you, and, you know, I have, you know, I've said, we said plain times on here that, you know, I used to work at Rickenbacker and so I have, I also have like my own, I don't have one. I always kind of look, look for them. I kind of always say one, cause I want to see if there's ones that come up that I can tell are ones that I, I built or help build. And, um, and I saw one the other day that I was, I'm 90, like 95% sure it's there. There's usually a little piece of tape on the inside that'll have like JD in it. <laughs> um, if it's, <laughs> if it's mine, but it's, it was one of the, the 2003 like Blue Boy when they did that oh, yeah. finish. Uh, Blue, and Blue Boy, dear listener, if you're not aware, is, is like Rickenbacker's version of, uh, Daphne Blue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not sure I've seen that actually. Yeah. It was, it was, they, cause they used to do, I don't know if they still do, they would do special runs of each year had a, as a, is its its own special color and right. the blue boy oh, was it's beautiful. Yeah, are you into lovely. that? Do you like that name? They, they always sat at odds for me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not sure a surf color and a Rickenbacker match up for me. A Rickenbacker should be cherry burst or black. You know, to to, to yeah. I'll I'll be honest. I and I've I've said this to you to both you guys off off the pod before, but I'm I'm not a I'm not visually. I know it's such a classic, but I'm not. Um, I'm not visually a big fan of of Ricky bodies, Ricky bass bodies, and mm-hmm. this has given it some sort of strange facelift to ah. me, having <laughs> having not seen this finish before. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's um, a really it, uh, literally fresh step away from the classic finishes, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's it, 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 they do look really great in person too, but it, it feels like it's a. There's something that feels off about it, which I can totally get if you don't normally like the body shape. You're like, oh, there's something intriguing about this. And if you do like that, and like the classic, you know, uh, Jeklo Rickenbacker, mm-hmm. you know, like the 
like the black with white binding and everything and the you know you just be like oh that that's the look that they also feel a bit weird because you're like is would Lemmy play a baby blue um Reckenbacher which is you know what I asked myself um <laughs> but but I I think just because of what I was doing at the time when I was there um when that was the color of the year it was it feels like almost almost all of them came through like my station because it was like the because they're the special edition ones and so it was just like oh i was looking at it but it was almost four grand and <gasps> oh my god and I, was like, I was like nope <laughs> i was like the i mean if if i had access to that amount of money uh and something came up that was one of the actual like Lemmy bases, you know, like the Lemmy signatures with the carved and everything that it, yeah. I also did, you know, that, that it would be like, ooh, and that's sort of my dream of like, if I could find one that I know I worked on that was one of those, it would be great just to have as like a, a memento, yeah, you know, sure. and also a dope base. But, but, you know, it's just, yeah, kind of, you know, just that, that's going to be one of those, that will be one of the miracle finds, you know, of, yeah, yeah. That may or may not happen. You know, like I, I wanna, I wanna just come across it one day and being like, "Huh, I just, I just sold something I wasn't expecting to sell," and then be like, "Oh, look at this!" So, yeah. Guitar nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad, and I, I really think nerds, you need to check out musicnomadcare.com. We've spoken about all their wonderful guitar maintenance products on the podcast, and and I really can't emphasize how important it is to look after your gear and how easy Music Nomad make that for you with things like their their how to advice center and their setup hub. Music Nomad have been around for a little over 10 years and in that time they've become one of the most recognized brands for guitar tech gear. They're available worldwide in every guitar store you can think to name and it's for a good reason. All their products are professional grade quality. Every tool and even the cases the tools come in are designed for proper, rugged, on-the-road use. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is around Music Nomad as they are redefining and raising the bar for equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com or follow them on social media with at musicnomadcare. We'll see. Well, the, one, of the, one of the other Rickenbackers that you, you actually sort of slightly warned me off of, JD, when I was thinking mm. about getting one oh. was the, the Rickenbacker 4004L, the Laredo. Is that how you say it? The Laredo. Laredo, yeah. uh, which is something that uh, Rickenbacker did in 2015, where it's kind of like a stripped back, plateless Rickenbacker 4003 is, is kind of the gist of it. Um, but so they take away the white plate, the white uh, Rickenbacker logo on the headstock. So that's that's made black. And they also put in um, humbuckers instead of the single coil pickups of a Rickenbacker. And then very the bridge, simple. The bridge is way stripped back as well, isn't it? The, mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's just, I think it's just a shallow bridge. And it's mm. like, uh, and it's white tuners, shallow white tuners as well. Um and then it's just like a simple one one volume, one tone on like jazz bass style switches, and um, and then they even do like it's like a a, a mini switch for the pickup yeah, selector absolutely. as well. So it's it's very much a sort of modern Rickenbacker, but I was like, now this is still cool. It's still Rickenbackery, and it's still sleek and stuff and lovely. And I found one for 
1750. I'm going to yeah. pop that in the in the little group for you both to have a look at as well. The the problem with this one, not problem, but someone had made it more stealth and changed the tuners for Black Shallow Tuners and the bridge for a Black Shallow Bridge, which almost that veered it too modern for me. I was like, oh, is this really a Rickenbacker now that it's sort of stealthy? Um, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like the fenders you used to see in like, I don't know, maybe early 2000s or so, where people had you know, 70s, 80s, maybe even early 90s kind of era fenders and had just done loads of home mods yeah, to things totally. or just try, yeah. tried to take a jazz bass and make it, you know, make it be an Alembic or something, you know, and then, and then, or sort of vice versa, you're just trying to see it. Like that's, that's definitely the vibe I get from. From from this yeah. Laredo specifically, which, I mean, to be, I, I mean, if it were my thing, I would definitely get it. I, I think for me, it's like because I've I've been looking to get a Rickenbacker for a decade, and it's like, is this the one? Not for me, but you know, if someone were like, hey, do you want this? I bet a hundred percent, I will. I will adore this. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is very good. I mean, I was I, my, my I was strongly thinking about it. There was only you know until this obviously this other Rickenbacker option has presented itself. And tomorrow, mm. dear listener, we'll we'll find out. But for me, there was one other contender on this next base. This is a, another link I've just placed in the in the Facebook for the two of you there. A bit more up Naomi Street potentially here. Mm. It is a Reverend Triad. Oh. Um, which <laughs> a fave. is. Yes, yes. A fave. Adore the Triad. It's very good. So, Reverend's take on a jazz bass, only they've added three humbucking jazz bass pickups. Oh, good. Um, which is great. I kind of think like that this bass, I imagine this bass sounds somewhere between like a super trebly, supercharged jazz bass and also mm-hmm. has a bit of that sort of Burns Bison wild dog setting. Um, oh, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting take. It's, three it's humbuckers so, on a bass. Yeah, it's so, it's so hybridised. If um if you're not familiar, listener, it's it's almost got this aerodyne touch with a with binding on the body. Um, JD, you having just spoken yeah. about the two thousands Fender designs, it's got this. Yeah. It's I, it's a green finish, but it's a beautiful green burst. Yeah. Um, which is very Burnsy. Whenever I see is green very Burnsy. Burst, I think of Burns. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it, it might have just been triggered because you uh, were just speaking about that era, JD. But the first kind of coming of age Fender catalogs I owned were like, I don't know, 2004, five, six. And at the time, some of their slightly more metal specced um, sort of strap bodies um, that Fender were doing, they were doing like beautiful, like black into green and black into red bursts and this sort of harks to that. But um, yeah, it's, it's um, I think supercharged jazz bass is probably the most accessible way to describe it, but it's got mm. that... Um, that beautiful five-piece neck. It's got inlays. Yeah, it's got Ro- the, like inlays. roasted, roasted oh. maple neck, black block inlays. Very, very cool. Yeah. Huge bridge, telly-style control plate with mm. the volume mm-hmm. tone, and then the what and I guess switch. is a a five. I guess it's a five-way. It is. 
Mm. Yeah, it is a is it it is a five way. I've not yet um, had a chance to play a triad, but I um, I almost would take a punt on buying one, such as my Reverend Love. Um, mm. I probably would. In fact, I just don't. Well, it just seems to me like the most versatile for me. This this guitar kind of sits a bit at odds with like with what I like. I know it, it's got mm. binding, which I think of being very traditional. But you're right; the binding on this model harks more to the Aerodyne style. And for me, Aerodyne is like uh, I think whoever invented it should have been shot because it's the worst. It's the <laughs> worst thing me. Fender have ever done. It's, uh, uh, How did I not know this was your Aerodyne <laughs> opinion? I am le- I'm officially leaving the podcast <laughs> now, <laughs> offline. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is so 80s in, 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 all the, and, in all the wrong ways. And? Oh, well, yeah, it, it's, it, I'm sure. If, I, think it's, I think it's where you see Aerodyne bases and it's like... Um, bad metal bands that's where you see aerodyne okay. bases and okay. i think maybe that's it i've been introduced you've noticed to i've stopped now. arguing when when you made that point yeah yeah it's just a, it's or, a beautiful instrument it's come on can't can't people have like you know their guilty pleasure ice mans and aerodyne <laughs> yeah. be the one that they admit oh, to sure. you know sure. you know yeah yeah absolutely it's the it's the weird domed knobs on an aerodyne as well mm, that I okay can't, okay I can't. Uh, yeah, I th- I think there's like for me like I'm with Aerodyne I'm I'm skewing Joe. Um in the I I for me it just always feels like there's something weird like weird about it and I think most of it is the fact that it was Fender doing it. So I think it's a lot of my own, you know, predisposed biases <laughs> around it doing that that if it would have been like love fender a french company you know i'd be like oh well yeah this is totally cool it makes sense but yeah there's there's something that just felt i don't know it it feel it felt a bit like you know if you had a friend's dad that was trying to dress cool when you were a kid and <laughs> you were like exactly mm. what the aerodyne is <laughs> yeah because because that's the thing when people play aerodynes i think they think they look um, slick. I think they think the instrument is is like a yeah. That, a, that that's because they're right. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I'm having to explain this to you. I look up to you in so many ways. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Go on. No, no. That's that's it. They, they, you know, they, I think the the aerodyne is uh, when people play them. It's like this is this slick thing. I'm like, it just looks. It looks like a butchered Fender to to me, but but mm. you know I, I'm I'm fully aware that as soon as Fender do a new color, I'm like, no, that's awful. You know, it's it's, it's, it's not vintage correct. You know, it, the, 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 it has to. <laughs> you has absolute to art auctioneer. <laughs> such a, a good purist voice. Yeah, 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 exactly. What um just briefly on the topic of aerodyne. No. What about like any of like the the candy apple red finish or like the sunburst aerodynes that you see very rarely pass through but give it a totally different vibe what about those yeah Do you any- very rarely see the sunburst the 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 red one you occasionally see red? it is candy apple red mm. and i will say when it's in candy apple red you lose all that all that sort of faux metalness that the black one has. Well, yeah, and you've the matching almost, headstock as well, don't exactly. you? Exactly. It almost looks how I imagine people who like aerodynes think they look. Like it. it <laughs> this is. This is. We've entered some sort of like gear gaslight labyrinth. I'm. 
I'm loving this. It's really... I'm gonna have to put a J cross like trigger warning at the beginning of this just to make sure he doesn't doesn't ever listen. Oh right. <laughs> I'm in yeah, your we, corner, Jay. Yeah, we, we definitely will. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I actually, I think they look all right because when it's in red, it kind of looks like it makes the binding look vintage. You know, it makes it look mm. like a cool 50s thing. Whereas when it's in black, it looks like an 80s thing. So so you're right. Maybe it is the color that makes a big difference. But I mean, bringing it back to that, the Reverend Triad, that's where I'm like, ah, oh, I can't work out what this binding does. Does it make it look retro? Is it a bit aerodyne? I can't, I, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, the five-piece neck is is modern. Like, when it goes into the headstock, that reminds me of, like, Yamaha BBs from the early 2000s, which, yeah. which you know, is is totally fine. It looks great in its own right. It just it does nothing for my obsession with vintage-style stuff. And whilst Reverend are certainly harking to that 50s surfy look, there's so much of it that's modern that sits at odds with my weird, you know, sort of obsessive-compulsive need for vintage correct things all of that aside funnily enough i think that's probably the perfect base like for sound i think a supercharged mm. jazz jazz bass with more versatility than a jazz bass a jazz bass being mm-hmm. sort of you know the absolute top of you know being a bass that can do just about every sound you need i imagine it sounds great and i think about how much i like you know use things like clean boosts compressors with you know big tone controls and how i try and squeeze every ounce of treble out of um out of instruments this mm-hmm. i imagine would do a fantastic job of almost being like part music man stingray part jazz bass super bright lovely i bet it would sound great with pedals make every amp sound lively it, 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 fantastic build everything about it's great one one other thing that I love about like any Reverend model I've played, um, I don't I don't want to assume this about the triad, but it's it's a fairly safe guess is um, that they're passive, um, but have really really active sort of level of output, and as well that all the controls are really responsive. You have a wonderful sweep from kind of naught to ten, so any tone that you're either dialing in or rolling back off, um, it can be really effective. So in the gig it's not that you're kind of I don't know if you guys are anything like me like I'm so tactile with like switches and knobs and faders like particularly because I sort of play synth as well that like during a gig if I'm doing something like rolling off or like switching pickups or something I really want to hear it even back through whatever monitors I'm using yeah um and with my Mercalli um and again any other model that I've played so that's like Wattplayer Thundergun sentinel i think um yeah there's there's a wonderful responsiveness to um to reverend they just um yeah they're they're just a, a brand that that do so well across all appointments i always struggle to find anything i can anything i can really fault in in any of their builds which is um really nice to be able to say about a, a you know a pretty mass production company yeah yeah they they're, they're absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, Guitar Nerds have been friends with Reverend for years. We've, mm-hmm. I've actually booked Ken to come back on. Uh, oh, Ken wow. has from, from Reverend to come okay. back on an episode. He hasn't That's been on, awesome. on for a, probably a couple of years now. So uh, he, he's coming back on Dear Listener in, I think, 
three or four weeks, something like that, to, to awesome. join us, which would be lovely. JD, you've just shared something I didn't know existed, an eBay link to something called, and dear listener, tell me if you knew what this was, because I certainly didn't. The Fender Prophecy 2, which the instrument itself is me. as bad as the name suggests. <laughs> <laughs> 1994, 1995, when apparently Fender were looking to Washburn for how to design a bass. Sorry, what yeah. in the T or B is this? <laughs> yeah, it's. it looks like... 90, like 1994, okay. Yeah. Fender does encore. It did. <laughs> yeah, or... <laughs> Or yeah, like an Alvarez or something like that. Like yeah, this this is yeah, gonna have to post in the group so so um so our listeners can can get a good listen. But that yeah. deep blue wash is just nineties two thousands everything, isn't it? It's yeah, it's definitely someone just being like, maybe this is the market. I mean, that being said, it was before every you know it's it's the era where you didn't you probably saw. P bases for sure the least, and then you know, this is this was every band had a bass player with you know neck through like a Tobias or a Spectre or something. But yeah, I had a I can't remember the name of it. It was very close to this, but I had my first five string was a Fender. I feel like it was like SB five or FM five or something like that. But it it looked very much like this, like a completely non-fendery looking fender right and mm, okay. yeah it's just it's just it, it was weird and then yeah yes no well yeah, that's basically that's, basically, it. that's <laughs> there's not there's not much more to say besides yeah this is this is weird and I, I i feel like i have to take a moment to just just appreciate like the the samicness of this fender <laughs> yes that's that's exactly what it is yeah oh well Super weird. Well, um, before, because we're coming on to, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. But before we go, I want to talk uh, a little bit because obviously, JD, you're you're um, you're off to the US um, to play some shows. I, I'm I'm going to I, Naomi. You and me are going to see each other this weekend. We're both going to the same festival. Damn uh, straight, Strange Nerds Forms United. Festival. Yeah, Strange Forms Festival in Leeds. Uh, my my band Polymath are playing on the Saturday, but I think you've got a uh, you've got a, some session work on the on the Saturday. I have indeed have right? some very glamorous session work uh, outside of Leeds on the Saturday. So sadly, I will not be flooding the Guitar Nerds group with uh, with Polymath footage. But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, we we can get a nice nice uh, nice little suite of pictures of us with pints or something like that. There you go, because we'll both be there on the Sunday of the festival to watch a bunch of great bands, and I think yeah. that that week that, that following week I'm gonna make sure the podcast is focused on all the amazing gear because Strange Forms <laughs> is a festival of weird and unusual music, and it means that with that comes weird and unusual gear. So um, we'll be able to talk about some of that but you you actually you've just you've just got back from or you recently went to uh dublin and you saw some music there i did indeed yeah i went uh home to dublin uh my my born and brown bread city um to 
see my old band play their last gig. So that was a band uh, that I was in for for some years, um, left a few years ago, but um, obviously remained on on great terms with the guys. So it was a wonderful sort of grungy, maybe, band, grungy, heavy, heavy indie band uh, of many influence uh, by the name of Bitch Falcon. And... um, I think in their latter days were on Small Pond Records. You probably yes, know Small yeah, Pond. Yeah, they were yeah. indeed, yes. Is Small Pond Brighton? Small a, Pond a Brighton? are Brighton. In fact, yeah. Vlad, Vlad, the owner of uh, Small Pond, is, is one of my best mates. Uh, oh, in, amazing. In fact, I have his, the, the Fender 51P bass that I have, the mm. Japanese reissue one that I have here is, is his. Oh, um, amazing. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, this he's is very a, cool. a very good friend. But yes, I was aware that Bitch Falcon were... I didn't know until just this moment that they were your ex-man, but I very much was aware of them being on Small Bond. Oh, right. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as with as with everything, uh, remained uh, great pals with, with the guys and uh, made sure to catch their last show in Whelan's, which is an amazing, uh, quite long-standing uh, gig venue in, in Dublin. Um yeah, and so I guess the main the main thing I suppose um, gear wise to report is is maybe quite classic of the band in that it, it it's been in the band for for quite some time. But Lizzie, who uh, sung and played uh, guitar um, in the band uh, for many years, has boasted a I think it's pawn shop, but that Fender reverse body supersonic in red sparkle. Um, are you guys familiar? Yes, yes, very much yeah, so. So the, the yeah. Nick Reinhardt guitar of choice. But yes, that exactly. certainly is that's the guitar. Exactly the, 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 that's very much the Bitch Falcon guitar. But yes, I yeah. think that one must be one of the Japanese ones because yes. it's, it's the Fender one, not the Squire. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And it, this would have been from 2015, right, I feel. Right. 2015, maybe. Um 2014 2015 um absolutely superb guitar has lasted lizzie very very well um she also i'm i'm keen not to not to assume anything of rig having having not been in um the band for some time obviously but um a great proponent of unreasonably large pedal boards at all times <laughs> i would say <laughs> um one of the um one of the kind of um fixed residence I suppose on the board that I came to know very well by ear was the Earthquaker devices pitch bay. Do you guys remember the pitch bay? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like pitch shift and chorus, um, heavy distortion and flanger. That's sort of like really kind of spacey, ooky kooky kind of tone um, was very much Lizzie's thing. Um, and she sounded absolutely ripping um, through the walls of Whelan's last Friday. So that was supoib. Sorry, it's not a more detailed gear report, but obviously um, it's hard not to be very biased when it's your old band. And <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't even like doing anything, like drinking a lot or anything. I was just like, it's really nice that uh, you know it's going to be the last time we're gonna. The world's going to hear the songs live. So it's it's yeah, it's hard to do that and be like, and what pedals have you bought, Lizzie, in the last four years? Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> um, well, dear listener, definitely go and check out Bitch Falcon if you haven't already, because they are—they do make excellent, do weird noises. So, yes, uh, absolutely, thoroughly worth your listening time. Mm. Oh, that—that that pretty much brings us up to time on this week's podcast, dear listener. We haven't answered the question that I say said would answer by Carl Harris. Actually, if you remember, dear listener, at the end of last week's episode, I said that we were going to spend a 
big chunk of this episode talking about the Katana Base app, and we haven't done that either. So, uh, so, <laughs> so potentially join us over on Patreon, where we might or might not talk about those things. You can do that, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We do an extra episode every week. You can become a supporter for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier you get this episode ad-free and early every week. And there are a lot of ads on this podcast at the moment. Um, $5 gets you access to the Patreon special episode and our entire back catalogue. And $10 gets you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms. Join the Diners group on Facebook and get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.